Hello, my tribe. This is a weird podcast, but I don't care. I get to put as many weird podcasts as I want um, up on my podcast site because it's mine. So this is about um, movies and books um, that really helped me when I was dealing with uh, trauma stuff and just dealing with the hard feelings of... um, emotions and recovery and the stuff that would come up and actually when I said movies and books I should say this is these are five kids books that and movies that really helped me and if I could assign these to my sponsees I would I'd be like here's what I want you to do especially when you know working with me um uh you know we start doing ACOA stuff and um, stuff comes up and hard stuff comes up and it's you've got to slog through this dark period and here are the things that helped me so not in any particular order but there are two books actually I should say there's a series Harry Potter and I'm not going to go into that too much because on my um podcast my very first podcast episode is me telling my story and at the end I go into Harry Potter and um why I listened to that so many times that I've lost track but a thumbnail sketch is yes listen to it and um because you get light versus dark and um, Harry's had, uh, you know, his parents were killed, so he's had childhood trauma, and yet his ability to love is what guides him through. And, um, and then you also get to watch normal childhood development and what it was supposed to look like, as opposed to, um, you know, growing up in an alcoholic slash dysfunctional home and, um, you know, having, uh, adverse childhood experiences one after the other although Harry does that too but again that he doesn't do anything alone that help is always there there are a lot of good reasons for it and again if you haven't listened to my first episode listen to that and I go into it in a little bit more detail the other book that um, strangely enough um, really helped when I was going through the dark night of the soul that lasted for me for about three years was um, listening to The Secret Garden. And surprisingly, I didn't expect that to, um, you know, have such a strong impact on me. I was just, as I shared before, I was just dealing with the fact that um, I was, I felt so raw and so like my feelings were just so raw that I didn't, want to watch anything that was less than life-affirming and so also this may sound kind of totally crazy but it's true is that in dealing with childhood stuff like my young little inner girl sort of came alive and so it was sort of like as if I literally had a four-year-old with me And I had to make time for what she wanted to watch and what she wanted to. And and she wanted to watch and listen to things that weren't going to scare her. She was so tired of being afraid. So I, and I, you know, I've, I still have to do that 
you know, sometimes is just when I get very vulnerable and fear comes up, I have to think about like, okay, you know, how can I make a four-year-old feel safe and think of different ways to do that? Or how does a four-year-old want to have fun and think of different ways to do that? So anyway, so the secret garden, I would highly recommend that um, because um, it's about, you know, this person who was this character who's very sick in the beginning and then, you know, how just through attitude in life and whatever sort of comes out of it. And um, and it's very positive in that way. Now, I don't want to get too nerdy on you. There's some criticism around what the author was trying to do there. And I don't want to get into that. And I would recommend you not getting into it because it'll kind of ruin it for you. But, um, but just the fact that um, and that's again the critics, the haters that are gonna hate. Just like you know, don't don't do any research. Just read the book, or I listen to books, so listen to them. There are some books that I read, but most of them I listen to, and uh, and so that's a really good one. Just around this whole arc of this character and her healing process, and how it how transformative it is. So I listen to that a lot. Just to reaffirm that I was in a healing process and that there was hope and that there was a light at the end of the tunnel and that I was going to get better. Now that's the two books. And then the three movies that I would assign um, to my sponsees, uh, not in any particular order, um, but the first one is Brave. And that movie, I can't remember her name whatever anyway the main the protagonist the young girl um it and and then it's the young girl and then uh it's the relationship with her mother and so I would totally recommend that and here's the thing that was powerful for me was not was the relationship to the mother now my relation my mother's alcoholic She's in recovery now, but so my relationship with my mother was very extreme. So this was an example of a mother-daughter relationship that actually, that had turmoil, but was also actually within healthy parameters, and there was healing that happened there. So number one, it sort of modeled that, but here's the other thing that it modeled for me was how that basically that I, I need to learn how to mother myself. And so to feel, and so it was this model for how to mother myself. And again, just this fierce protectiveness around my own little girl. And so identifying with the mother in, um, in the movie was powerful for me as well. As a matter of fact, I totally lost my shit at the end and, uh, and then sent it to a sponsee on purpose and said, you have to watch this and who is a mother. And she totally lost her shit at the end too. So I think that's a good movie to watch because of how much it, it highlights the mother daughter relationship, how the young protagonist, like her sense of rebellion, um, you know, the control versus just letting me be who I want to be. It's just very rich in that way. And if you've seen it, you know, you might still want to watch it again, 
with the context that I'm talking about, which is to look at it more around, you know, the healing relationship between your concept of mother and also that how you should parent yourself and and to become the mother that towards yourself that you've always needed and also that you know the mothering that you get from people in the rooms so that's the next one and then after that is inside out pixar's inside out the it's all the last the three movies are pixar movies and inside out because um if you haven't seen it again recommend it but it starts to I think it's genius in that just the way that I've talked about, you know, the shame hag and the queen of compassion and the queen of judgment and everything, the voices in your head. I really like how inside out is like how your emotions, like different voices in your head represent different aspects of your emotional body and that, you know, fear is going to talk and disgust is going to talk and and that sadness has a place to be there and 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 again that it just normalizes all the different types of thoughts that we have and and I think that it's a great sort of introductory you know um lesson in emotional intelligence and how to start to recognize like oh that thought in in Pixar, they call it disgust, but it's like judgment, you know what I mean? Like a little bit of, you know, well, a little bit of negative judgment, like, ugh, you know what I mean? And judgment in a sense of like how you're supposed to be disgusted by, you know, gross shit because that way you don't eat it. I mean, thinking primitively, like disgust has an evolutionary function, which is like, oh, gross. Um, And then learning like, you know, all these different aspects of yourself and how they're useful and how they're not and how, and all the different parts of us sort of vying for, um, you know, uh, uh, control. And of course, the great thing is, is that an inside out joy um, has most of the control, but also it starts to show like how, how we started to disassociate. And and basically, it's like the main character, the protagonist in Inside Out, you know, she's she starts out on the track that we started out on, which is if you watch the movie, it's like, you know, she starts to just completely disassociate and disconnect. Now, in this movie, there's intervention and healing, which is great. And for us, there wasn't, but there is now. There is now. And so, you know, again, I think it's a really important movie to watch. One, to give you language, to give you tools, to give you parameters, to be able to say things like, you know, fear has come out with a stack of papers telling me everything that's wrong today. And again, it creates space so that you're talking about fear, not as you're not enmeshed in it. You're not you're not talking from a place of fear, you're talking about fear and about how you have fear. And that way you're not giving, you know, fear, the driving, um, the keys to the car and and the wheel. So, um, I think that's another good one. And on that note, fear, um, is a final movie that I totally recommend, even though 
Quality-wise, I think it's the beginning of the decline of Pixar. I can't believe they released it because there are a couple scenes that I was like, whoa, I can't believe you released this. That's just in terms of, you know, my animation nerd, you know, coming out. But regardless of that, I still would make everyone watch um, The Good Dinosaur. And the reason is, is because The Good Dinosaur is all about fear. It's all about having had a traumatic experience that creates total fear and the slow overcoming of fear. And, um, and I just think they do a really good job of dilating on that experience and normalizing it. And, um, and so I would definitely recommend that as well. So those are, um, my, you know, top five off the top of my head, you know, um, recommendations, uh, what would I call it? Recommended reading, recommended viewing, you know, not part of any sort of, you know, particular step work assignment, but, you know, what I want to do in this podcast is talk about all the different things that, um, uh, have aided my recovery, my recovery from having an eating disorder, my recovery from being a trauma survivor, my recovery from growing up in alcoholic slash dysfunctional home, all of, you know, all the various things. And, um, and this is, this is definitely part of it. And, uh, and also, I'm going to add this, this was when I was really young and angry. Um, And so I would recommend if you're if you have a part of you that's like young and angry and whatever, it's, you know, um, hothead, paisan, homicidal, lesbian, terrorist. Now, that's, I'll just say that. That's sort of a like, if you want to, you know, get, you know, there are parts of it that, you know, aren't really nice. But, you know, I mean, obviously, she's a homicidal, lesbian, terrorist. But it is a great, um, you know, you know, she, so Diane DeMasso, who created Hothead Paisan, um, she was in early recovery in AA and I think NA or whatever. And she was just really angry and she came up with this zine and she's a dyke and this was in the early 90s. And so she was really angry about gender stereotypes and she was really angry about spritz heads, which is what she called, um, you know, uh, like whatever, a certain, a certain stereotype of, of heterosexual woman who was all about her boyfriend and wearing high heels and having spritz, a lot of hairspray. I feel like this is ridiculous that I'm going into it, but I feel like on my list of things that really helped me, uh, that zine when I was young and angry really helped me and I really identified. Um, and I love again that she was in recovery and then, but, um, and that was in my early twenties, but in my thirties, um, and forties is, well, in my thirties is when, you know, HP and Harry Potter and secret garden. And then as I was doing recovery, then the brave and inside out and good dinosaur as they each came out, I just really resonated with the symbolism in the movies. So this has gone on way too long. Okay. All right. Thanks for listening. And I love you. Bye.